Coming up on Locked on Dodgers, we're talking about Mookie Betts' showing in the home run derby. Uh, his goal was not finished last. Unfortunately, he finished last, but you know, not the end of the world. Uh, a lot of to talk about with that and some context in the history of Dodgers home run derby performances. We're also going to talk about an idea I had uh, to either ex- add some excitement to the home run derby or maybe a second home run derby. And finally, uh, based on some comments and a stat that I saw on TV about another team, I want to talk about the importance of hits, uh, batting average, you know, that kind of stuff. That's what's on tap. So let's get locked on Dodgers. You are locked on Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Dodger fans, this is Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Or even better, go and subscribe wherever you're watching or listening right now, then you will never miss a day. You can be an everydayer just like we are. If this is your first time with us, I am Jeff Snyder. My normal co-host is Vince Samperio, although it's just me today. Vince is in Seattle covering the All-Star Game and has a lot of stuff going on, so just me. Vince and I are both lifelong Dodger fans just like you are. We've also both spent, both spent time covering the Dodgers in the press box and the locker room. So we're not quite insiders, but we bring you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. And uh, yeah, uh, it's Tuesday morning. The All-Star Game is later today. Last night, they had the Home Run Derby. And Mookie Betts represented the Dodgers in that home run derby. And uh, he he joked that his mom told him, just don't finish last. Uh, but I think Mookie knew going in, there was a pretty darn good chance he was going to finish last. And he did finish last. But it was a pretty respectable showing overall, especially when you look at it in the context of Dodgers home run derby uh, participants of the past. If, you ju- if, if you've only been a, a Dodger fan for the last eight, nine years, you might think, oh, the Dodgers have done pretty well in the home run derby. Before that, though, it was pretty remarkably terrible. And so Mookie, uh, I, I have to say, first of all, I loved that Mookie just went in and was just Mookie. And they talked to his wife during the, the derby, and basically it was her who told him he should do it. Uh, basically, she said that she wanted him when he looked back on his career. She didn't want there to be anything that he thought, man, I wish I had done that. And so Home run derby checks something off the list, and he's earned it. He's hit a lot of home runs this year. Uh, he doesn't have a swing for the home run derby. Uh, in, in the derby, if you got two home runs of at least 440 feet, uh, you got an extra 30-second bonus. And uh, Mookie Betts doesn't hit 440-foot homers, and he didn't in this. Uh, he only hit 11 homers total, and none of them were really even close to 440 feet. And he didn't even use his timeout because, as he said, it wouldn't have helped anyway. Mookie is not a home run hitter. He is a very good hitter, an excellent baseball player who hits home runs in games. Uh, but, you know, he was joking with reporters earlier earlier this week that he doesn't even hit home runs in batting practice. And so remember that, Ada. I'm going to talk about that in the second segment, uh, batting practice home runs and uh, the home run derby. But in the context of Mookie bats, I wanted to uh, – you, you may be familiar with the Dodgers' history – in the home run derby, but if in case you're not, I put together 
Mookie is the 13th Dodger to take part in the Home Run Derby. And his uh, 11 home runs makes him the sixth best, six out of 13, which means he's right there in the middle. One, one spot lower, he would be exactly in the middle. So he's just slightly better than average as far as Dodger home runs in, in the Home Run Derby. And like I said, if you've only been following it since 2015, Jock Peterson's first derby, you might think the Dodgers have done pretty well. Well, before Jock Peterson hit 39 home runs total in the 2015 Home Run Derby, the most home runs a Dodger had ever hit in a derby was five by Hesop Choi in 2005. Hesop Choi, you ask? Yes, Hesop Choi was just good enough to get invited to the Home Run Derby in 2005. Didn't make the All-Star team. Wasn't that good, but he hit some home runs, got to the Home Run Derby, fell off a cliff, and, and was just terrible. I had a running bet with my brother. I thought Choi was going to be the real deal. He was not. Uh, but he did represent the Dodgers in the Home Run Derby, and he hit five home runs in that derby, which was the most ever by a Dodger. Because here's what the Dodgers had done before that. 1993 and 1994, Mike Piazza, both years took part, and both years put up a big old zero. Uh, Mike Piazza participated in two home run derbies and hit a total of zero home runs. Uh, and then after that, you had Matt Kemp in back. back well, you had, uh, oh, no, Raul Mondesi. The next year, 1995, he took part. He hit two home runs. That's a big improvement over Piazza. Still not very good. And then you had uh, nothing until he stopped Choi. The Dodgers realized, well, we are bad at this home run derby thing. Nobody did it for 10 years. He stopped Choi, then came in and hit five home runs. And then nothing until Matt Kemp came along in 2011. And in 2011, Matt Kemp hit two home runs. And then the next year, he thought, I'm going to redeem myself. And instead, he hit one home run. So Matt Kemp took part in two home run derby or two home run derbies with the Dodgers, hit a total of three home runs. And then in 2014, Yasiel Puig, uh, again, not really a power hitter, a guy who hit some hit the ball hard and hit some home runs, but not a prototypical power hitter. He took part in 2014 and he matched Mike Piazza's two uh two seasons. He hit zero home runs. And then 20 uh 2015, nobody uh, 2015 was Jock Peterson's first year. So uh, 2015, Jock Peterson hit a total of 39 homers. The next year, Corey Seager hit 15. The year after that, Cody Bellinger, as a rookie, hit 27. The year after that, Max Muncy hit 29. And then the year after that, Jock Peterson hit 60. Uh, that was that. That's it. So Mookie bets 11 home runs in this derby. While it is low, obviously low compared to what the derby is these days, and it's worth noting that the formats of the of the home run derbies were different in previous years. But uh, zero home runs is always bad in a home run derby. Uh, even the the five that he saw Choi hit in what year was that? Two thousand five. Uh, he finished fifth place, uh, tied for fifth with Andrew Jones. Only Mark Teixeira and Jason Bay. Teixeira hit two. Jason Bay hit zero. Uh, but the the winner, Bobby Abreu, that year. Uh, hit a total of 41 home runs. So kind of in line, uh, 41 across three rounds. So he stopped choice five. Yeah, pretty bad. Uh, but recently, you know, Jock Peterson in 2015 kind of changed it for the Dodgers. Wow, Dodgers actually can hit some home runs in derbies. Peterson is definitely a home run derby type of hitter, uh, which is what I'm going to talk about in the next segment is guys who are home run derby type hitters 
Jock Peterson doesn't quite fit what I'm going to talk about in the next segment simply because he was also a good player at times, actually made the all-star team. Uh, and, you know, Max Muncie, similar, uh, too good to quite fit because he's actually a good home run hitter in real games too. Corey Seager wasn't really a home run hitter, but he hits for power and, and he does hit a lot of home runs. Cody Bellinger, obviously, uh, in 2017, especially definitely a home run hitter. So it, it seems like, you know, Mike Piazza was a great hitter, Hall of Famer with a ton of power, not really a home run swing though. Same with Matt Kemp, you know, so a lot of it may have just been choosing the wrong guys. Raul Mondesi, I feel like is really the only one of these guys who you would have expected to do better. The guys who did really poorly. Everybody else is like, well, I, I could see him not hitting a ton of home runs in a home run derby. So that's the the boat Mookie's in uh, is he's a guy you don't expect to do better. I texted my buddy who was at the Derby. He lives in Seattle, my best friend. And, uh, and I told him, I said, well, I wish Julio, I wish Mookie wasn't about to put up a seven and then he put up an 11. So, you know, I was pleasantly surprised. And like I said, in the context of the Dodgers and the Derby, not bad. And mostly I'm glad that Mookie was just himself not trying to win this thing because the Dodgers, I, I don't buy into the home run derby ruined his swing thing, but a guy like Mookie, I think there's more potential for it too, because Mookie isn't a home run hitter. A guy like Jock Peterson or Cody Bellinger, it's like, well, that's how they swing anyway. So it's a home run derby is not going to ruin their swing. And I'm glad that Mookie best just stuck with how he swings anyway, because that's how I want him swinging uh, in the second half of the season. So I'm going to come back. And I'm going to talk to you about this idea I have for a home run derby for, what I like to call batting practice heroes. So thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. And please keep it Locked On Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Look, buying tickets to events should not be stressful. You know, whether you want to go to a Dodger game, you want to go to a concert. Oh my gosh, I really want to take my daughter to Taylor Swift. It's so stressful. Uh, but uh, even concerts that aren't the uh you know the most in demand concert in the history of the world it shouldn't be stressful but it always is if you go on the secondary market and you go to some of these sites it's like well where are the fees how much is it going to be what's the markup all that stuff finding the right tickets everything it's so stressful and it doesn't have to be because game time makes it super easy so you don't have plan have to plan months in advance they have tickets right up until the day of the event and they get have exclusive flash deals on tickets to you know, football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, whatever you want to go to. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So whatever it is you're looking for tickets to, snag the tickets without stress at get, with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, I am back. I want to thank you again for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. I want to remind you that you can catch every Dodger game live while it's happening on the radio, the hometown radio broadcast on Sirius XM or the SXM app. All you got to do is launch the SXM app and search for Dodgers. You can also catch this podcast on the SXM app by searching for Locked On Dodgers. If you're watching this uh, podcast on YouTube, we'd love to hear from you in the YouTube comments section. If you're listening on the podcast, love to hear from you through, through email or social media or whatever. I'll give you all that contact info at the end like I always do. 
Love hearing from you. We especially appreciate our everydayers. If you're here with us every day or close to it, we really appreciate you. If you're not an everydayer, join the club. All you got to do is watch or listen every day. And uh, you can do what I like to call the double everydayer, where you watch and listen every day. Here's how it works. You listen on your way to work. Then when you get to work, you pop it up on YouTube and you play it and, and you watch it on the YouTube. And then, you know, maybe launch it in the SXM app on your way home from work and uh, listen again. You know, triple, triple everydayer. Why not? Anyway, uh, speaking of why not, I had an idea, and it it came around a couple different ways. I was watching the Home Run Derby. Home Run Derby is easily my favorite part of All-Star Weekend. It is a lot of fun. I'm going to watch the All-Star game. I don't really care that much. I, I'll I'll pay close attention when the Dodgers are involved. Uh, really, it's just the, the four hitters. Uh, the Dodgers, by the way, have in the National League lineup batting second, third, and fourth, which is impressive. And uh, Will Smith will hopefully get in the game at some point. So four guys I want to watch. The rest of the time I'll have it on. I'll be kind of paying attention, but I'll also be hanging out with my family, whatever. The Home Run Derby, I I watch. And, and we do sit around as a family. It's one of my favorite family traditions, watching the Home Run Derby together. And it's a ton of fun. And the new rules that they added a few years ago make it even better. It's so much fun the way it is now. And I loved it. I really enjoyed the Home Run Derby. But I also thought, okay, these guys are superstars. Uh, Pete Alonso, everybody knows that Duke can hit home runs. Uh, Julio Rodriguez has shown it, obviously, two straight home run derbies. He's knocked Alonso out. He's the only guy who's ever beat Pete Alonso in a home run derby. Vlad Guerrero finally won it this time. He he put on a show a couple of years ago, didn't win it. You know, all these, these guys are superstars. But I... I came around to this a couple different ways. I was actually thinking about a guy named Chris Hoey. Uh, I mentioned Chris Hoey back in December uh, talking about the oldest living Dodger. And uh, at the time I said that Chris Hoey was the oldest living Dodger because I thought he was because there was no date of death listed for him anywhere. It turns out he had died about eight months earlier, but nobody really knew until recently. It just got added to his baseball reference page in the last few days now, uh, but he died on April 24th, 2022. Even his ex-wife, uh, my, my friend, Mark Gent is, uh, he, he's on a quest. He, he keeps track of all the former Brooklyn Dodgers. He's met, uh, I think all of the living former Brooklyn Dodgers. There's only seven or eight left now. Um, but he talked to Chris Hoey's ex-wife. She didn't even know until just a couple months ago that he had died a year previously. And so anyway, I was thinking about Chris Hoey, which also reminded me of another guy I talked about on this podcast a few months ago, who was, what's his name? Tommy Brown. Tommy Brown uh, was the youngest player in Dodgers history. The second youngest player in baseball history. He debuted on August 3rd, 1944 at the age of 16 years, 241 days, second youngest player in baseball history. And he did play for the Dodgers. He played a total of nine years in the big leagues, and seven of those were with the Dodgers. Uh, and, you know, of course, that came in 1944 during World War II. That's how he debuted at age 16. He didn't actually play uh, after World War II. He didn't play a ton, uh, but he stuck around the league for several years afterwards. But I was thinking about Tommy Brown because I was thinking about Chris Hoey. And then I was re-listening to what I talked about, rereading some of my stuff about Tommy Brown. 
including his two nicknames. One of them was Buckshot because he was a shortstop and Leo DeRocher, Dodgers manager at the time, nicknamed him Buckshot because his throwing arm was so inaccurate. He was like shooting Buckshot. Uh, there was a legend. We don't know if this is true or not, but there was a legend that he once on a ground ball, the shortstop throwing the ball to first base, the ball ended up in the upper deck. I don't know if that's true, but that's the legend. Uh, but his other nickname was the one o'clock batting champion because he was a guy who hit the snot out of the ball in batting practice and could not translate to a game in his major league career in nine years. He had a total of 31 home runs. Uh, and it is, it is only in 1,386 plate appearances. So, you know, it, it's decent power, uh, isolated, uh, slugging. He batted 241, 355 slugging percentage. So that's a 114 isolated power. So decent, you know, but according to legend, he hit over 160 home runs in batting practice, uh, but just couldn't, he couldn't really translate it to the game. Now, there are questions about that because who counts home, uh, batting practice home runs? Nobody keeps track of batting practice home runs. Maybe he was keeping track of his own. Maybe he was interviewed 50 years later and just threw out a number. Like, oh, yeah, I had 160-something home runs in batting practice, but only 31 in the big leagues. Who knows where that number came from? But the the idea behind the legend, anyway, is that he hit a lot. He had a lot of power, hit a lot of home runs in batting practice, but couldn't do it in a game. That got me thinking about a guy named Wes Chamberlain, who Wes Chamberlain played for the Phillies in the uh, from 1990 to 1994, and then 94 and 95 with the Red Sox. Short career, but in that short career, he hit 43 home runs in 1,352 plate appearances. So almost the same exact number of plate appearances as uh, Tommy Brown, but even more home runs, 43 home runs, a lot of power. Uh, 424 slugging percentage, 255 uh, batting average. So what's that? A, a isolated power of 169. A lot of power for, for West Chamberlain. And the reason I thought of him is because there is a game in 1992, July 2nd, 1992. I went to the Dodgers Phillies game with my family. It was beach towel night. We used to go to beach towel night every year because then we got new towels and that, that those were our not our beach towels. Those are our, our life towels. We use them for the shower. My mom still has some of those Dodger beach towels from 1992 at her house. Uh, and uh, But we went to that game. And before the game, watching batting practice, Wes Chamberlain was putting on a show. Dude could hit. He, he was hitting tanks. And my brother and I watched this dude. I was, see, July of 92. So I just turned 15. My brother was 16. We were like, Wes Chamberlain is going to be a superstar. Wes Chamberlain was not a superstar ever, but he had a ton of power. And I was thinking while I'm watching this home run derby, these guys are superstars, but wouldn't it be fun to see Wes Chamberlain on a home run derby and, and fun for Wes Chamberlain, a guy who could do it, could put on a show in a home run derby and make a name for himself a little bit. Uh, you know, it'd be fun. And, you know, there were talk like, 10 years or so ago, people were talking about, oh, they should do a pitcher's home run derby and have Madison Bumgarner and Jake Arrieta. It's like, that would be so boring. Like Bumgarner, I'm sure would have done fine. Probably would hit more than Mookie hit, but he's not going to be like Vlad Guerrero. Like Bumgarner was a good hitter for a pitcher, not a good hitter. Uh, probably could have done okay in a home run derby. Jake Arrieta probably would have hit three. Like that would have been boring. Um, but this, guys who we know can hit batting practice homers, I think that would be so much fun. And so I, I was thinking about guys who fit that bill 
besides Wes Chamberlain and Tommy Brown. Uh, a few of you mentioned on Twitter, Billy Ashley, former Dodgers prospect who, yeah, that guy's perfect. A ton of power, hit it in batting practice, could not do it in a game. Uh, Luke Rayleigh, uh, who played for the Dodgers this year is on the Rays. Luke Rayleigh's probably never going to make an all-star team. I think Luke, Luke Rayleigh could put on a show in a home run derby. Uh, Jordan Luplo is another current guy. Aristides Aquino, Trace Thompson. Like Trace Thompson, I think he put on a show in a home run derby. Trace Thompson is probably not making an all-star team because when pitchers start trying to get him out, he, he struggles. Uh, Sam Hilliard, I think, what team is he on now? The Braves, at least he was earlier this year. Played for the Rockies for a while. He's hit a couple of big home runs against the Dodgers. Dude's got a ton of power, uh, but not quite a home run hitter. And, and, and you look at some of these guys like uh, Hilliard has – 32 career home runs in 714 plate appearances. So basically one season's worth of plate appearances. He has 32 homers. Kyle Garlick, former Dodger Kyle Garlick, has 19 homers in 375 plate appearances. So basically close to a 40 home run pace. A lot of these guys, Aristides Aquino, who I mentioned, he has 41 homers in 762 plate appearances. Uh, Dallas, McPherson, Dallas McPherson is a guy somebody mentioned on Twitter former Angels prospect, perfect example, ton of power, couldn't do it when guys were trying to get him out. Kind of the uh, Pedro Serrano from Major League, uh, the bats are afraid of the curveball. It's not always the curveball, but when when pitchers start trying to get him out, they, they struggle. But when pitchers aren't trying to get him out, like in the home run derby, I think it would be a lot of fun to have a second home run derby for guys who aren't all-stars and are probably never going to be all-stars, but can put on a show in batting practice. Actual big leaguers, I'm not talking about bringing in YouTube stars. I'm talking about real big leaguers who we know their names, kind of, but seeing them hitting a home run derby, I think would be a lot of fun. No, just an idea I had. Love to hear your thoughts on that. I'm going to come back in a minute. I'm going to talk about hits, batting average, and stuff, how important it is. So thank you again for making Locked on Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning, and please continue to keep it Locked on Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is uh, online therapy, online counseling. It's when you, life is hard sometimes. Life can be difficult, whether you're going through tough choices, you're trying to make decisions on how, what path to take going forward, or you are struggling with a loss or uh, you know frustration or relationship problems, anything else. Whatever is you're dealing with, therapy can help you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. And trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. And sometimes it's really helpful to have somebody to talk to when you are going through those things. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, you should give better help a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MLB today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash MLB. All right, I am back. I want to thank you again for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remind you again to check out uh, the hometown radio broadcast every time there's a Dodger game. 
you can check it out on SiriusXM or the SXM app. Uh, you can also catch this podcast on the SXM app by searching for Locked On Dodgers. To listen to the Dodgers, just search for Dodgers. With that said, last topic for today. Uh, we've had a few comments in different uh, different areas about the low batting averages on the Dodgers, which I, I've thought about. You know, I, I've always been kind of a poo pooer on batting average. I just I don't think it's the most important stat. Uh, and then I saw an interesting stat the other day. I was watching a Cubs-Yankees game, and the Cubs beat the Yankees despite the Yankees having more hits. And I discovered that the the Cubs, after that win, are now two and thirty-five this year when getting fewer hits than their opponents. Two and thirty-five. And I thought, I wonder what the Dodgers are in those situations. And it's not easy to look up. I had to create a spreadsheet. Uh, and there's not like baseball reference has a ton of awesome stuff. They don't have that yet, but I found that the Dodgers are, uh, eight and 32 when they are out hit by their opponents, which is a lot better than two and 35, but still pretty, you know, a 200 winning percentage when getting fewer hits, to their opponents, when they get more hits, to their opponents, they have an 870 winner winning percentage. They are 40 and six when they out hit their opponents. Uh, there's been three games that they have the same number of hits as their opponents, and they've won all three of them for some reason. Uh, but, you know, I, I won't worry too much about the equal ones because I started thinking, okay, what about other stats? What about when they out-homer their opponent? So we saw they, they have an 870 winning percentage when they out-hit their opponent. When they out-homer their opponent, they are 40 and 9, which is an 816 winning percentage. So, you know, uh, not quite as important as hits. Uh, when they get out homeward, though, they're five and seventeen, and they have a two twenty seven uh, winning percentage, which is better than the eight and thirty two when they are hit. So, in both areas, homers aren't as important as overall hits. But then I thought, what about singles? Well, when the Dodgers get fewer singles than the opponents, they are uh, nineteen and twenty eight. That's a four hundred four winning percentage. That's still better than some teams overall when they get fewer singles. When they get more singles, though, they're 28 and 7. That's an 800 winning percentage. Singles are important because they're hits. The, the opposite of a hit is getting out. Uh, how about extra base hits? When they get more extra base hits than their opponents, they're 39 and 10. That's a 796 uh, winning percentage. When they have fewer extra base hits, they're 4 and 21. That's a 160. So extra base hits, pretty important. And uh, what about walks? When the Dodgers get more walks than their opponents, they are 34 and 19. That's a 642 winning percentage. When they have fewer walks than their opponents, they are 15 and 15. That's 500. That's still pretty respectable. Walks, I think, are pretty clearly the least important thing we've looked at so far. And then I looked at total runners, total hits plus walks. And by the way, in, in walks, I'm including hit batters just because it's the same effect. Uh, so total base runners, Dodgers are 43 and seven when they have more than their opponent. That's an 860 winning percentage, fewer base runners, five and 29. So that's a 147 uh, on base percentage or winning percentage. Sorry. One thing that this struck, struck to me is hits are important, which is something I've always known. And I still believe that the point, look, there's only one thing that's limited in a baseball game. And that's the number of outs you get. That's the only limit. If you, if you go up there, I, I tell my son's 12U team all the time, look, if nobody gets out, we're going to win the game. And then I say hashtag math. Because if nobody gets out, you will bat forever. 
and eventually they'll call the game because you will beat the other team in a submission. Outs are the only thing that's limited. The opposite of outs is not hits. The opposite of outs is getting on base, and that's hits or walks or getting hit by pitches. It's also getting on on an error. Uh, people will debate how much of that's a skill. Uh, I, I, you know, we, we won't get into that. That's a topic for a different day. But overall, getting on base is the most important thing. And so, uh, but I thought it was interesting that the Dodgers on base or Dodgers winning percentage when they get on base more is 860. When they get more hits, it's 870. Uh, their best winning percentage is of all these stats I looked at is when they get more hits than their opponent. But their lowest uh, winning percentage is when they get fewer base runners than their opponent. So uh, the the winning percentage is very close between runners overall and hits. Losing percentage though, uh, or yeah, a 147 winning percentage when they have fewer base runners, 200 winning percentage when they have fewer hits. So it's uh, it's kind of interesting. I, I, I'm coming away with this having a little bit more appreciation for hits I've always appreciated hits. Don't get me wrong because hits are a way to get on base. I do think there's a ton of value in not getting on, not getting out. And I think there's a false dichotomy. Sometimes people say, well, you're up there with runner on third. You gotta, we need a hit here. We don't need a walk. We need a hit. Problem is if you're getting pitches out of the, and, and yeah, I agree. Don't go up there looking for a walk. Don't take hittable pitches because you want to pass the baton. But Pitches out of the zone, the pitches that guys walk on, generally aren't hits. They are unhittable pitches for the most part. And so either if you're swinging at pitches out of the zone, you're going to strike out or you're going to hit weak ground ball to second base. Sometimes a weak ground ball to second base is what you need. If there's a runner on third, you know, the infield's not playing in less than two outs, you know, that that's useful. But overall, there's value in not getting out. And I do think that people like me who are, you know, so much so into on base percentage, sometimes maybe inadvertently uh poo-poo the hit a little bit too much. Now, uh, I still when when I see people complaining the Dodgers problem is that they got too many low batting averages. No, nope. look at the on base percentages because if they're getting on base 35% of the time, I don't care if you know only 20% is coming from hits and the other 15% is coming from walks. I'd I'd rather have a guy. I'd rather have every guy on the team batting 300 with a 400 on base percentage. That's not realistic. But I will always, always, always take a guy who's batting 200 with a 340 on base percentage over a guy who's batting 280 with a 290 on base percentage because 290 is worse than 340, 350, and it's it just means more outs. And outs are the one thing that's limited. But I was intrigued by the results of this uh, looking up. I wish it was easier to look up on baseball reference because I'd love to see how other teams stack up, but I'm not making a spreadsheet for every team. Anyway, that's going to do it for me for today. I want to thank you guys for being everydayers. Thanks for being with us. Uh, love talking Dodgers with you. want to remind you when the season does kick back up on Friday, you can catch every Dodger game, the hometown radio broadcast on SiriusXM or the SXM app just by searching for Dodgers. You can follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at Locked on Dodgers. Vince is on Twitter at Vince since 91. I'm on Twitter at Snydog, and the DMs are open in all those places. Our email address is lockedondodgers at gmail.com. 
And our phone number for voicemails or text messages is 323-863-LOCK-5625. We are here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. We'll talk to you tomorrow.